0: It took about 10 years to get a sentence out in Latin, didn't it?
1: They didn't know what they were doing.
0: Nowadays we go, you're lying. Yeah. They go, you're mendacilloquens. Ipsy dictates it. whatever, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the letter M. you call me something pert malapert
1: yeah okay a lovely little word ah. it means to be bold forward or saucy mm,
0: mm. it's an old
1: middle english name mid 1800s yeah it's great It'll, it could also mean to be disrespectful or impudent but i'm going to go with a bold and saucy for you
0: i think that's the same i think they all apply to me yeah i remember being a lad i was 16 right i was a bit into the church not so much now all right and the girl that i was seeing um were
1: you a choir boy no. That's a shame I can imagine you in the choir boy outfit.
0: I was in a school production. I played the baker in Joseph in the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. It's a good role. But I was in the church and I got confirmed in the church and the the bishop or whatever it is comes up to you and goes uh, oh he, he sort of stands in front of you for a second and thinks oh god where's this
1: story going as if receiving
0: <laughs> as if receiving a message from god yeah. and he pulled out some verse from the bible and he went you will be bold.
1: There you go. If you've seen
0: the top of my head, I think he meant bald. Oh, bless him. I've got to get special shampoo for this. It's ridiculous. (laughs) Okay, so I'll take uh, Malapert.
1: Yeah, Malapert. Brilliant.
0: Well, you, my friend, are Mantrum. Hit Uh, me with it. Occasionally, I notice this on your social media. You're capable of being a Mantrum or throwing a Mantrum. It is a male tantrum. Oh,
1: God, yeah. (laughs) I think that you're referring to my coach journey uh, Facebook status, aren't you?
0: Yeah, now tell me a little bit about that.
1: Well... You know, you're traveling home after a lovely romantic weekend yep. with your closest and dearest, and, and your um, girlfriend. And it's it's a long, and her as well. there's a big coach. Um, there, was a, <laughs> there was there was there was a long journey home. It was like five hours on the coach because it was yep. cheaper tickets than get the train and blah 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 blah. Uh, for four and a half of those hours, there was a little child kicking the back of my chair and going, "Er, it's a zombie," and smacking it and jumping on the back and pulling it. And every time I turned around to give him an evil glare, the mother would then look at me as if I was the villain in this story. Yep. And what I wanted to do was smash their heads to so much it became one big puddle of flesh, and then I would laugh maniacally while I feast on their neck gizzards.
0: That, my friends, is a mantram <laughs> Yeah. My advice to Paul on Facebook was to practice stealth farting because yeah. that will shut anyone up.
1: I should have done that. You but... can't
0: talk when there's a, a, a guff in your mouth, it's very difficult.
1: Yeah, that's true
0: And this is a MacGyver-style podcast MacGyver, you're familiar as the TV show Which is 31 years old Holy heck Shut your face, right? 1985 it started Created by a man called Lee David Zlotoff Uh, Easy for you to say (laughs) He used to write for Hill Street Blues And produced, as I say, Piers Morgan Piers Brosnan in Remington Steel Steel. Who played MacGyver and what was his first name?
1: Richard Dean Anderson Because he was also in Stargate
0: Correct What What was MacGyver's first name? Give you a clue. Like the Steakhouse. Uh,
1: Sizzler. <laughs> <laughs> Sizzler MacGyver.
0: <laughs> that would have been a much better name for a TV show. They yeah. call me Sizzler MacGyver.
1: Angus. Angus MacGyver, that's right. Yeah, yeah.
0: He had an uncanny knack of escaping from traps, uh, thanks to his good working knowledge of physical sciences, always carried a Swiss army knife. And the good news is MacGyver is coming back with the show's original executive producer, The Fonz.
1: This is the best news I've heard Possibly this
0: year. The MacGyver or that, that Henry Winkler's still alive?
1: Oh, yeah. The thing about uh, MacGyver, because I loved that show when I uh, grew up watching it, yeah. I was always on ITV or something in the afternoon, uh, was that um, there's a show called Mythbusters, which is kind of a weird science show. Are you, are you aware of it? It's I've heard of it, great yeah. show. They've done a few MacGyver specials, where they've gone, here's the thing in MacGyver. Could he have done can- it? No, every single time, no. They used, um, they got a cement truck, filled a truck full of cement that had explosive in TNT. Yeah. Because in the episode, they filled the truck with cement and that cement suffers and uh, chokes the explosion so no yeah. one dies. Uh, I just blew the truck up completely, yeah. massively.
0: There is one, though, that has to be possible. Try this at home if you're ever in a locked room yeah. and the key is on the other side of the door, right? He put a piece of paper under the door. This is when... Uh, like, this must be the old days where there was a draft under the door. Yeah. So you could slide a piece of paper, he got like a hair clip or something, wiggled the key out, which fell onto the paper, put the paper and the key under the door, which just so happened to be wide enough, and let himself out.
1: And yet, Did he, he just... never carried a crowbar. True, actually.
0: MacGyver is one of the uh, TV shows that is getting rebooted along with Heart to Heart, Xena Warrior Princess, and I feel a mantrum coming
1: on. Columbo. The A Team. Oh, A Team. I-, I like the film. I oh, thought right, it was fine. fine. Okay, good. I've heard Columbo might be re- rebooted. A guy who plays the Incredible Hulk right now, whatever his name right, is. Ruffalo. Yeah, he might take oh, that on the that would be role. fun,
0: yeah. yeah. Hey, well, there you go. MacGyver style. We are MacGyver style because we sort of uh, make up as we go along. Uh, this is The Dictionary, a weekly word-based podcast where we go through the dictionary, we crash through it one letter at a time. This week, we're on the letter M. Time for this week's word workout, an anagram of a word that begins with M. Paul has until the end of the
1: podcast to unscramble it, and so do you. Can I rephrase that? Can I say Paul has up until the end of the podcast to never get this right?
0: If you don't get this one, I'll be massively surprised. Oh, all right. Uh The word workout today, the anagram is Items Belong at C. I'll give you a clue. Title of a well known song. Right. Items Belong at C. Find out how you get on at the end. Here we go. Time for our big four words on the dictionary this week. Letter M. First one for you, Paul. Yep. Metemptosis. Ooh. Metemptosis. Is that? Stick your tongue out. Let me see. No, you do not have metemptosis. In fact, no human or animal can get metemptosis. The only thing that gets metemptosis is a calendar. Right. Metemptosis is the Greek term for a practice of adding an extra day to a year in order to balance out the calendar.
1: So like a leap year, then?
0: Exactly like a leap year. Interesting. Which uh, the Romans ended up doing every four years to balance out the calendar and the the seasons.
1: And this was because we realised that if we didn't, we'd have... Weird summers because the darkness would set in later and things like that.
0: So the Romans added, uh, well, by adding one day every four, it made every year 365 and a quarter days long, which is longer than an actual year. A year is 365 and a bit, but not a quarter. So they then worked out by the time we got to the 19th century, right, the 1800s, someone said to Pope XIII, listen, my friend, this is going to go wrong at some point. We're (laughs) still out of whack. So they decided that they would only add a leap year to a year if it was a century year that was divisible by four. So every four years is a leap year. Okay. But but when you hit a century year that isn't divisible by four, that takes a year out of the loop. So, year 2000, leap year. 1900, not a leap year. The year 2100... Won't be a leap year. Neither will 2200 or 2300.
1: In the year 2525, (laughs) if calendars are still alive. The
0: opposite of metemptosis is proemptosis, which obviously takes away a day in order to balance out the calendar.
1: When does that get done?
0: Is that every other year? It's not for a while. 4,200. They've done the math and they've gone, look, well, hang on, if we go 365 and a quarter days, which means every century that isn't divisible by four, we have to take out a year. But actually, even if we do that process, we're going to get out of whack. So we get to 4,200, we take a year out.
1: That post-it note reminder is never going to be around long enough for people to remember that, is So you great,
0: great, 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 grandchildren that annoy people on a bus mm-hmm. will lose a day of their life Good. in the year 4200. Good. Stick and, it to them. And that is metemptosis.
1: and sure, please. I have a word for you today, and it's not really a well-known word, but I liked it. I fell in love with it, as it is with all the words I use. Yeah. Um, it's a word called martex. Ever heard of it?
0: Uh, that's the stuff on the ceiling.
1: No. But he, well, neither is it Semtex, the stuff that can blow people up. Yeah, I was going to say that next. Martex. It's a noun, it's a meaning, it's the word that means a preacher who makes many mistakes. Not that used a lot these days, let's be honest. No yeah. one really, apart from maybe dodgy practices, but that's a whole Don't different
0: Then we just discussion. call them idiots, liars. Yeah. Phonies.
1: Basically. Yeah. The origin of this word is from a play, Shakespeare's play. It's As You Like It. There's oh. a character in there, a dodgy vicar, who appears very briefly and is called by various characters throughout the play wicked and vile. He tries to court these two people, get them married, and someone goes, No, you're not up to the job. Get out, vicar. Yeah. See you later.
0: Um,
1: but it's interesting. What, the reason why I found this is because I went to a website which basically talks about the idea of Marlowe. You know, the idea that Marlowe maybe wrote Shakespeare's plays and Shakespeare basically. Uh huh, yeah. Fronted them for okay, a while. Yeah.
0: Um, so uh, the uh, Shakespeare is Elton John, yeah. and Marlowe is Bernie Torpin. Very good analogy. Overwork, yeah. I love it. Um,
1: <laughs> there was a website I went to that looks into the theories behind the evidence to support that argument. Mm. Uh, a woman called Maureen Duff. I have to, you know, uh, name check her now because this is her theory, not mine. Because she basically took the word Martex and transferred it into Latin, and so came across the word that says Marlowe the res textit, which is the basic English translation into the man Marlowe composes these things. Her idea is. Uh-huh. Marlowe decided to create this character yeah. of the vicar Martex as a way of saying I wrote this, not Shakespeare.
0: So it's like Marlowe's text. It's Mar text, Mars text, Martex. Very basically, yeah.
1: yeah. She managed to take that word. That's my level. Turn on it on into Latin. It. Turn that Latin into a jumble. <laughs> yeah. Make that jumble like one of your bloody word search yeah, things, great. and then and come up with this whole idea of um this character. But I'm thinking, if you were Christopher Marlowe, and you were like, screw that Shakespeare, I yeah. wrote this. Why would you make it into a character that is repulsive and violent? no one likes in the play and is a constant bugbear?
0: Yeah, that's true. Why would you not be the hero of the story? I mean, so it's a great
1: theory, it. but if I was Christopher Marlowe, I'd be like, oi, oi, hey, Christopher, that vicar Martex, Martex means wicked vicar, knees up. But the, the other reason why I came across Martex is because it probably introduces people to my favourite vicar yeah. of all time. Have you ever heard of the vicar of Nibbleswick?
0: Wasn't she married to the vicar of Dibley?
1: No, not at all. This is a no. much better one. It's a children's story written by Roald Dahl, and it was released after he... He died, he wrote this to um, raise money for, well, it was called. it's called Dyslexia Action, but it was called back in the day Dyslexia Institute. And Much had,
0: easier to read Dyslexia Action.
1: Yeah, it's always one of those weird words, isn't it, where it's like, why would you make the word dyslexic <laughs> so hard to spell, that old joke. Um, he wrote this character to be a dyslexic vicar, and it was to raise money, so all the proceeds that went from that book will always go to this dyslexia charity. Yeah. The Reverend Robert Lee, a new vicar of Nibbleswick, is suffering from a rare and acutely embarrassing condition, back-to-front dyslexia. It's a fictional type of dyslexia, which causes the sufferer to say the most important word often being the verb in a sentence backwards creating many comical situations uh-huh. for example instead of saying nits he will say stink and instead of saying god he would say dog and it affects his speech and it's got a very long story short they find a cure and he can resume his normal service and everyone lives happily ever after great book I loved All it right. and because I've got family that I have dealt with dyslexia and stuff like that it's always kind of been one of those books I remember from my youth All so right. there you go he, The Vicar of Nibbleswick is my favourite Martex
0: Right, here we got a bit of a serious word, so let's try and make it light-hearted. Your serious
1: word, then murder, is uh,
0: <laughs> Miss Andry. Miss Andry.
1: I was taught by her yeah, in, when I was fifteen. Yeah. she opened Ooh, she my good? eyes. Was she
0: good? Was she good? Mm, French? Uh, not no. God, my French teacher were, had a massive body odor problem. Do you know, and what? so I thought that was just what French people is terrible. To it's be terrible. honest,
1: until I met my French teacher, the one before that did have also. Yeah horrible body odor problem. Maybe
0: they don't trust Imperial Leather and Mm. other British uh, hygiene brands. Anyway, misandry, uh, similar actually to thinking all French people stink, uh, the 19th century word meaning the hatred or dislike of men or boys. (laughs) Right. Uh, Misandrist was first used by the Spectator magazine in 1871. It would be misandrist as a class to consider men irreformable argued Wendy McElroy, an individualist feminist, which just hurts my head.
1: (laughs) So is she basically saying that men, by default, are completely un...
0: She's saying that men. Mendable. She's saying they are mendable, and it would be misandrist to say that they're not mendable. It, oh. it, it is like if you take Charles Dickens, you had Shakespeare. I will
1: see your Shakespeare, Ooh, and I'll me. raise you Charles Dickens, <laughs>
0: right? Miss Havisham in great expectations. Yeah. She was a classic misandrist. She was jilted on her wedding day. Yeah, very good point, yeah. And so she took it out on blokes on pip the panel of loose women prone to the occasional bout of misandry just because they got a live studio audience and it affirms their sexuality
1: you know what we are the world we are the we people. are the future yeah future. Yeah. that's the one. drink
0: a coke <laughs> uh, right and final word from you then mend the siloquence is it correcting
1: people's speech no oh. o- although it would right. be close it's the action of telling lies Oh. In a very artful way. Oh. Uh, comes from the Latin, mendacitas, falsehood, and loquence to speak, it, such as eloquence. It
0: took about ten years to get a sentence out in Latin, didn't it?
1: They didn't know what they were doing.
0: Nowadays we go, you're lying. Yeah. They go, you're mendaciloquence. ipsy it. Mendaticis, whatever,
1: I don't know. Yeah, they were all up yeah. and down with the X's and V's. Um, any uh,
0: famous uses of... The there
1: are a few. One of the ones I really like, one of these kind of offhand stories related to it was yeah. a guy called Harry Blunt created a club in the Bell Tavern in Westminster in sixteen sixty nine, and it was called the Lion Club. The idea being ah. that the club allegedly came about when offhanded tales of hunting among visitors to the venue became increasingly fantastical. Uh, you know, Oh a pub Pubber caught a fish this big. I caught one this big, I caught the lot Ness monster, etc. Isn't it a great I idea? Love that. Um, so at the and also at the club, the measure of your ability was judged by the mightiness of your lie. So the bigger and most outrageous stories, yeah. no matter how far-fetched, if you could come up with a good one, you were top brass at that club. David Niven is a great guy. David Niven yeah. was a guy who told his life stories so many times at so many dinner parties that he began to just build upon them and get yeah. more and more outrageous, which is why the book he wrote, The Moon is a Balloon, people think is 60% fiction yeah. based on his art of telling stories. Uh, people in most relationships, they tend to be uh, mm-hmm. um just in general. I love you, things like that. I've only had four lovers... Of course, uh, but the I most mean, that's famous me doubling the number, obviously. <laughs> obviously. Uh, 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 edit, um, <laughs> and the most famous <laughs> of these is the estate agent. Ah, oh, yeah, the good old estate agent. And I got this from BuzzFeed. <laughs> this is um, what they say versus what they mean. Okay, okay. So, um, early viewing recommended means. It's gone already. Yeah. An exciting opportunity has arisen. In shock news, we have a house available. <laughs> uh, <laughs> popular area. You can't afford to live here. Increasingly popular area. Horrible, but lots of people are as desperate as you. Yeah. Uh, maybe my favourite one. Cozy, really not spacious.
0: My favourite lie is two-bedroom apartment when it's one bedroom and a cupboard under the stairs. Yeah, yeah
1: I never understood that. Hey, great so, words. Uh, so what's the word? Mendosiloquence or mendosiloquent.
0: For lying. Right, time for another random game on the Fictionary this week. Letter M. Paul, I have for you this week the alliteration game Ooh. Movie Edition. Movie Edition. Movie edition. <laughs> so I'm going to give you the name of the actor or actress. Yeah. You tell me which alliterated movie they were
1: in. Ooh. Number one, Vinnie Jones. Vinnie Jones was in Me Machine. Correct. Yes. I'm surprised I got that, actually. I don't yeah. know where that came from. Number two, Kim Basinger. Kim Basinger. Oh, what was she in? I'm going to pass on this so, just to save time. Uh, she was in Marry Me. I wouldn't have got that one.
0: Number three, Leslie
1: Nielsen. Leslie Nielsen was in quite a lot of stuff. I want to say it's one of his spoof films, but I can't be sure. There's a remake, you could call it. Played a well-known character. Oh, God. Remake.
0: Played a well-known character. Mr. Magoo. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Number four, Nicolas Cage. The Literation Game Movie Edition. Nicolas Cage was in Nicolas which? Nicolas
1: Cage was in uh, a lot of crap. Yeah, true. Wicker Man. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, no, hit me with it.
0: Matchstick Men.
1: Oh, yeah, the uh, Grisham book thing.
0: And finally, yeah. to get three points on the board, Channing Tatum.
1: Channing Tatum was in Magic Mike. Yeah. Sorry, it, it's dead good. Here's one for you, then, right? Here's one for <laughs> okay, you. Yeah. All right. Uh, what's her name? Uh, she was in Pretty Woman. Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts, what was she in? Baron Brockovich. <laughs> no, Mirror Mirror. <laughs> okay. Boom shakalak.
0: Feel free to play that one at home. Also, if you're bored of cards against humanity, we call it the alliteration game. Time for the results of this week's word workout on the Dictionary and anagram of a word. The anagram was items belong at sea. It is the title of a well-known song, 30 seconds to unscramble it. Everybody starts now. Items belong at sea.
1: Items belong at sea. Yeah, I just, I just, it's just. If it was one word, I might have a crack at this. I'm quite good at Countdown. Well, I known can usually song. get the night, the, 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 the whole last jumble thing. But the
0: answer is in the in the jumble. It, well items, of course, it is. Items belong at sea. Five seconds. Well-known song. Just have a guess.
1: All right. midnight at the oasis i love that brilliant song
0: great shout uh items belong at sea the answer is message in a bottle
1: i got that right hooray <laughs> two points to it. me two points Gryffindor. you.
0: with your pink highlighter you dirty mythanthropist <laughs> 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 items belong at sea an anagram of message in a bottle lead single from the police's second album regard to blanc mm-hmm. but more importantly a common pastime for centuries as people picked up bottles and a bit of cork and put some messages in there. First used and first done, in fact, 310 BC by the Greek philosopher Theophrastus, who was trying to prove that the Mediterranean Sea was formed by the Atlantic Ocean. Obviously, the Greeks thought they had their own sort of body of water, and as we know, it is all one big body of water. So he would chuck these things in to go, look, if I drop it at one end of uh, Greece, look what happens at the other end. Tides, you see. The oldest message found in a bottle... Uh, was up in Scotland in 2012. It was 98 years old at the time. And the most futile words to send in a bottle... Help. I, yeah absolutely yeah why would you send help unless you're going to give very detailed instructions like if you're in a panic yeah chucking help in there Isn't is no, useless
1: need more details than that yeah where are you yeah what do you need me to bring to gold top please yeah maybe put a note like that in
0: what am i getting paid if i help you out <laughs> <laughs> yeah so there you go items belong at sea ironically is an anagram of message in a bottle and that'll do it for this week's Dictionary. Thank you for listening. We are looking for your reviews. If you like us, you got this far. You must enjoy a bit of it. Yeah. Hit us up on iTunes. Give us five stars and a few words. That would be great. We'd go higher up in the... Uh, rankings there. It's not for ego. It's just so more people can find us and enjoy the work and yeah. we don't feel like we're banging our heads again. And
1: follow them. us on all the social medias. We're on Absolutely. Facebook. Facebook and-, and
0: Twitter at Thick Podcast. I would say this week, Paul Gannon, uh, the dictionary has been Multivious.
1: And I would say, yo, this has been massive. Yeah, I, and I would also say
0: this podcast has been M People, the 90s <laughs> dance band from Manchester who oh. took their name from lead singer Mike Pickering. They were Mike's people. Of
1: all the people to pick from.
0: Pants people could have been P's people, couldn't they? Or P people. What's her name? Heather? Heather Small. His idea, he was one of the original DJs at the Hacienda. Oh yeah. Was to have a, a band and then a rotating singer. But he liked Heather so much that he decided to stick with her. M people is nothing to do with Robin Scott, whose moniker M had a hit with pop music. Yes. And definitely nothing to do with Hansen's hit Umbop, which was originally recorded as a ballad, which meant it was twice as long.
1: I and heard where's the love.